Engine Cutoff. I am Anthony Colangelo, and today we've got a fun story to break down. Northrop Grumman and Firefly are partnering on an upgraded version of Antares and a future new launch vehicle that uh, is Firefly Beta, formerly known as, apparently. Uh, But we'll talk about that at the end of the show. This is big news for both sides of the deal. Um, And I think, you know, this has been bouncing around my head for a couple of days now, weeks, I guess. It's been, I think it was only about 10 days ago that they announced this partnership. Uh, I spent some time thinking about it because from the Northrop side, it's a little bit more mysterious than the Firefly side about it. What exactly they get out of this, why they might be interested in this kind of partnership. Uh, But let's break it all down. So to start with, why did this come about at all, right? Because this is... um, Something that would not have come about if Russia had not invaded Ukraine. I'm very confident to say that this exact deal as structured would not have come about. I think there might have been a deal like this um, kicking around because of Northrop Grumman's motivation long term. But this specific deal, upgrading Antares in partnership with Firefly, would not have come about from Northrop Grumman. Northrop Grumman flies Antares as part of their program to resupply the, the International Space Station. Originally, they were hoping to capture some either commercial or NASA science mission uh, launch contracts. That has not panned out. Uh, You can go back into the archives. If you've been a longtime listener, you know my uh, loving disdain for Antares, let's say. It is a a really ill-fit vehicle for the market. It it is very limited in what it can do, both in payload mass, payload volume, but also orbits because of the launch site. It it flies only out of Virginia, which really limits the um, launch sites or the launch uh, trajectories that you can get to in terms of the commercial market, especially with a vehicle such as Antares, uh, limited in the way that it is with payload. So there isn't a fit for it on the commercial national security, NASA science market. So it really became, you know, a one-hit wonder launching Cygnus to the space station. Now, it is a vehicle with a first stage uh, built in Ukraine with engines built in Russia. Uh, So that's not happening anymore. They only have two more complete first stages, um, but the supply beyond that is non-existent uh, for a host of reasons. So they needed to figure out what to do. Um, and I think in in another world where Northrop Grumman wasn't as interested long-term in the launch sector as they appear to be, they might have just let it, you know, wither, fly the last couple of Cygnuses on a Falcon 9, on a Vulcan, whatever's available, uh, do your commitment to NASA and uh, the program that you've signed up on and, and try to b- get the best deal possible on those other launch providers and sail off under the sunset. But... Instead, they're taking this this tact, which is to partner with Firefly to create a new first stage for Antares. It would fly with seven of Firefly's Miranda engines. They, I'm going to read a little bit from the press release here, um, just so you get the context directly from Northrop Grumman. Firefly's propulsion technology utilizes the same propellants as the current Antares rocket, which minimizes launch site upgrades. The Antares 330 will utilize seven of Firefly's Miranda engines and leverage its composites technology for the first stage structures and tanks, while Northrop Grumman provides its proven avionics and software, upper stage structures and Castor 30XL motor, as well as proven vehicle integration and launch pad operations. This new stage will also significantly increase Antares' mass-to-orbit capability. So it is an entirely new first stage, and if you take them at their word, it is the first stage that will fly on Firefly's beta vehicle. Uh, Now, they were calling it beta for a long time. This press release refers to uh, the collaboration leading to a, quote, entirely new medium-class launch vehicle. 
we all read that as beta at the time. Uh, I, I guess there was some confusion as to whether whether or not that was beta. I will say that if you poke around the Firefly website, that is basically confirmed because if you go under their launch tab and their navigation, there's Alpha, which is their launch vehicle that they'll be flying again in about a month. Uh, that is about a one ton to orbit. And then there's an entry for MLV, which is the medium launch vehicle uh, that they say next generation launch vehicle. When you click on that, it goes to Firefly.com slash beta, just like it did before. So they have updated the website a little bit um, to, I guess, obscure the name beta for whatever reason. But if you go to that website, uh, you will see the first stage there has seven Randa engines. It is a Firefly structure. It is pretty confident to say if you look at the uh the renderings of each of these even so much as uh the uh you can look at the actual shape of the vehicle on the Antares mock-up uh the cable raceway and and the piping is on the left side on the fireflies is on the right side but it's identical uh even the little winglets at the bottom identical the engine structure identical so they straight up are going to use a firefly beta first stage on Antares and partner on the creation of that Northrop Grumman sounds like they're going to contribute some avionics software and whatnot. Firefly is obviously putting all of their engineering behind that. And it's going to fly as the first stage of Antares. Now, this is an out-and-out win for Firefly. They get a partner uh, with a lot of heritage and ties to the national security market to work with them on their next-generation launch vehicle. They have somebody to help share the funding of that. We don't know the exact structure of this partnership, but clearly... Uh, you know, I, I would assume there's some funds changing hands here uh, because of the the type of work it is and the uh, balance of, of what each side is providing. So you get someone to share the funding of your new launch vehicle creation with. Uh, it's a straight up win. You, you basically fast track some of that work because it needs to fly now. Um, they, like I said, they have two Antares left on the North Grumman side and they need something else to replace that. They are hoping that this upgraded version of Antares that they're calling the 330 will be ready by the end of 2024. Um, they only have enough Antares to cover through the second half of 2023, so they have booked three Falcon 9 missions to cover that gap to continue flying Cygnus to the space station in the gap between Antares 230 plus that they fly now and 330 with the Firefly first stage. So you have a little bit more schedule pressure on that first stage existing than you would have if you're Firefly and you're just getting Firefly Alpha off the ground. Maybe you weren't ready to commit a lot of team resources to beta yet, but now you have external impetus to do that. You have some funding that helps build out the team around it. Uh, maybe you don't have to hire people to do the avionics and software for it because you can get that from the Northrop Grumman side. This gets things moving quicker in that direction. So it is a complete win for Firefly. Um, on the Nash on the Northrop Grumman side, you know what is their motivation here? Antares, like I said, it's not a very it's not a very useful vehicle other than these Cygnus flights to the ISS. It never found its it's never found its rhythm in the commercial national security market, NASA science markets. It doesn't have a launch site that can fly anywhere but what Wallops can do. So it doesn't have. I think you can do a dogleg to get to sun synchronous orbit from Wallops, much as you can from Cape Canaveral, but Antares does not have the payload margin to make that even useful. Uh, so they don't have a polar corridor. Um, you know, they're not working on getting launch sites at Cape Canaveral, Vandenberg Space Force Base, anything like that. So, you know, and the upgraded Antares is going to do what the Antares now does, just can carry a little bit more mass up. So there has to be some other motivation here for Northrop Grumman or else 
there's really no reason for them to care about Antares as much as it is to put, you know, we, again, we don't know the details of how much money they're putting on the line here, but it's certainly something. So uh, what is it that they care about? And really, I think it boils down to um, relevance in the launch industry. And I want to dive into that deeper because there's a lot of different, uh, you know, there's a lot of stuff tangled up in that. Where the launch market is, what Northrop Grumman's experience with it has been, projects that haven't panned out. And on the Firefly, why they care about the national security side is quite interesting as well uh, to dig into. So before we do that, I want to say thank you to everyone who supports Main Engine Cutoff out there that supports at mainenginecutoff.com slash support. There are 858 of you every single month supporting this show. I'm so thankful for all of the help that you provide. And that includes 42 executive producers who made this episode possible. Thanks to Simon, Lauren, Chris, Pat, Matt, George, Ryan, Donald, Lee, Chris, Warren, Bob, Russell, Moritz, Joel, Jan, David, Eunice, Rob, Tim Dodd, David Ashnot, Frank, Julian and Lars from Agile Space, Matt, the Astrogators at SEE, Chris, Aegis Trade Law, Fred, Haymonth, Don Aerospace, Andrew Harrison, Benjamin, Small Spark Space Systems, and seven anonymous executive producers. Thank you all for making this episode possible. That's a real credit. Put it anywhere, put it on your LinkedIn, and I'll back you up that you were the executive producer for this show uh, because this is an entirely listener-funded, listener-supported show. Without you, I could not do all the things that I do, including trips to launches such as Artemis 1. So if you're going to be in the Florida area for Artemis 1, if you just live in the area and you want to come hang out and meet up, offnom.com slash events, head over there. There's a page for the Artemis 1 launch events. Uh, Jake and I will be in town for the launch. Uh, many of the other Artemis or Artemis, other off nominal community members will be in town. We're going to do something. It's a very variable launch uh, environment. So head over to that page, uh, sign up on the newsletter there. It'll go to Jake's newsletter. He will keep you up to date on exactly what's going on, uh, what events are happening in and around the time of Artemis 1. So offnom.com slash events, sign up there so we can meet up in real life and I can thank you in person. All right, so why does Northrop Grumman care about this segment of the market? Well, if you look at specifically the national security launch market and the smaller end of it, right? Not the big premier payloads that fly today on Falcon 9, on Atlas V, um, soon to be Vulcan Centaur. Not those big class, but the smaller class of satellites that have gone up over the past you know, many years. Uh, look at the recent decade or two. There was a lot flying on Northrop Grumman vehicles. Company name has changed several times, but the Minotaur, the Taurus lines... Um, this was their section of the market. This small, small launch market was theirs, right? Now it was a lot Pegasus, I should mention, should mention Pegasus, of course. It was a lot of money for those launches. It was tens of millions of dollars. And the past several years, as we watched the small launch market, uh, start to get more real, they were the first ones to lose out on that because the market for that small launch vehicle, responsive launch in some cases, uh, went from you know a default to a Northrop Grumman solid launch vehicle to uh, for like tens of millions of dollars, right? 30, 40, 50, 60 million dollars to these new small launch providers that were charging, you know, 10, 12, 15 million dollars. In some cases, the, the Falcon 9 ride shares have covered those missions for probably even less than that. So their relevance in the launch industry is completely dried up. Factor in the fact that they tried to get into that big national security space launch program with their Omega vehicle. That did not pan out. They scrapped plans to build out the Omega launch vehicle. Um, it's not something they're working on anymore. So there are no 
you know, active commercial launch projects that they're involved in. And if you're somebody like Northrop Grumman, who is a big time defense contractor who likes to take part in as many programs as you can, that's not super inspiring that you don't have a hand in the launch market today. So if they find themselves in this need uh, to fly, you know, Antares flights, and if they think that Firefly has something going on that they're curious about, being specifically one of those uh, providers that was offering, you know, similar payload ranges for, you know, a fifth of the price that Northrop Grumman was flying previously, maybe you're going to start cozying up to some of these small launch providers and see what they got going on and, and start considering whether it's just an investment, an acquisition outright, partnerships, you know, you're, you want to sniff around these new competitors uh, if you're a company like Northrop Grumman. Certainly, we've seen uh, Lockheed Martin strategic investments be involved with Rocket Lab, ABL, probably some others that I'm forgetting. But, you know, they've certainly had a hand in in the small launch market and, and getting involved with these different players. Um, so I think that's Northrop Grumman's intention here. Firefly's in a weird spot, right? They just had this big shakeup where uh, Max Polyakov got the boot. Uh, this new AE industrial partner stepped in to acquire the stake from New Sphere Ventures, his company. Um, they had, you know, there was a major concern from the military industrial complex and the government around Max Polyakov's involvement, especially around the invasion of Ukraine uh, with a bunch of the company based there. So there was, you know, and, and I think there's debates as to the, the legitimacy of some of those concerns, um, but it's something that the, you know, military side of the contracting industry was not not pumped on and, and the government leadership side of things were not pumped on. Firefly lost access to their Vandenberg facilities for a bit there. Um, they, I don't think, what was it? They lost their launch license. I forget the exact drama, but it's been pretty hectic there. Um, and it led to this big changeover of ownership. And then the new owners come in and um, Tom Markusik steps down as a CEO in, in something that didn't really sound like, you know, what his intentions were was to step down right as they're about to launch their first vehicle. So, Big shakeups. You have a, a defense industry leadership uh, group that's not thrilled with the makeup of your company, but your product is valuable to that sector of the industry. So Northrop Grumman comes in with a partnership. They want to be relevant in that national security space sector. You've got a product, but not the ownership and leadership and uh, caretaking that uh, the defense industry is comfortable with. Well, now you got Northrop Grumman on your side. You know, hard to name uh, a lot of companies that are more trusted by the military industrial complex than Northrop Grumman. Uh, you'd run out of fingers, you know, trying to run out of fingers in one hand first if you tried to list some other companies that they are more precious about. So that adds the legitimacy and comfort, I guess, to Firefly for the, the higher levels of the defense industry there. So I think that's nothing to sneeze at. And I think just straight up from, you know, from looking at the commercial side of things, Northrop Grumman was was out of the launch sector. And now they've got a partnership with an up and coming company that I personally find pretty attractive from the business side uh, in terms of this sector of the launch industry and had a pretty good first launch. They've got another one coming up in about a month. Seems like a, a pretty good bet to make uh, in this sector of the industry. So. I find there being, you know, initially I was like, I don't really understand why Northrop Grumman's getting at this. And as I thought about it more, I realized that they want to have a hand in the launch industry. And this is really the only way that they have remaining to get involved 
we'll see where it goes from here. I don't know if, you know, the new owners are looking for other investment or other partial ownership. Um, I certainly would not be surprised to be a couple years down the line and have this partnership go well. And then Northrop Grumman come in and buy, you know, half or more of the company would not be shocked at that at all. I wonder if this partnership is to kick the tires a little bit harder and see how, you know, are they really worth whatever it would be to buy whatever percentage they'd want to buy. Um, this is certainly a great way to work, you know, arm in arm with them on a new launch vehicle to get something out of it for yourself to contribute a little back. And, uh, if it pans out, then you can, you know, increase the relationship from there. Would not be surprised at all to see this on the Firefly side. I do find it quite interesting, um, that it was three years ago or so. I think it was October, 2019. It was right around IAC in, in Washington, DC that Firefly announced this partnership with Aerojet Rocketdyne. Um, they, it was a little bit murky in, in exactly what the partnership was they were announcing. Um, but they did specifically call out that the AR one engine that Aerojet Rocketdyne had been working on would be a good fit for a redesigned Firefly beta. Uh, they were going to use, I think it was like maybe two of those, uh, engines to maybe two pairs. I forget the exact makeup, but two pairs of the engines to, uh, create a new rocket and, I don't know. At the time, I was like, oh, this does not seem like a good idea. Uh, not seem like a good pairing with this very old, slow-moving company with this new, fast-paced company. Didn't seem to make sense. I heard at the time that the Airjet partnership was more about tapping into some of the Airjet expertise for issues that Firefly was having internally on their own engines that they were working on for Firefly Alpha. Um, and that, I guess, as part of that, they threw a bone to Airjet to say, we're considering AR1 on beta. Even at the time, they said... Um, this engine selection was not a done deal. They were still thinking about beta, so clearly that was that was the case. Um, but it's very interesting to consider. You know, Aerojet Rocketdyne has this AR1 engine that they developed and has nowhere to go. It's not going to be used on Vulcan. It's now not going to be used on Antares, which was another place that you could kind of squint at and say, yeah, maybe that would work. Um, it's not a, an exact fit in the way that it would have been for, you know, an Atlas V descendant, but, you know, I think you could... You could probably make it work if push comes to shove. Um, and then they found, oh, well, you know what? Maybe it's good for this medium lift launch market. And Firefly seems like a good fit for that. They don't have, you know, an engine that's far along for their upper, for their uh, higher level launch vehicle. So, you know, maybe we'll sign a partnership with them. And then here we are a couple years later and you've got that company stepping in to work on Antares. It's uh, it's quite the, the change of pace for uh, Airjet Rocketdyne, but... I guess that leaves AR1 exactly where we always thought it would be, which was without a customer, without a purpose, and, you know, not a lot of hope on, in its future there. So anyway, that was a long and rambling uh, dissection of this deal. But I really do think this is quite interesting. I think it's a really smart move from both sides. Firefly gets some of the backing of Northrop Grumman and uh, maybe starts winning over some more hearts and minds internally in the defense sector, adds a little le legitimacy to them for some of the higher ups there that weren't thrilled with their previous makeup northrop grumman gets some relevancy in the launch market again uh and you know as much as i don't like antares anything that launched out of virginia is is a quick drive for me uh so i'm pumped about that to, to go see this thing take off in just a couple of years so anyway that is all i've got for you now uh if you enjoyed this head over to mainenginecutoff.com support join the crew of supporters there 
You can get Miko Headlines, which is another podcast I do every single week where I run through all the stories of the week. It's $3 a month or more, and uh, it goes right in the podcast player where you're listening to this. It's a great way to stay up on the space news and support the show. So I'd appreciate if you head over there, chip in there if you like what you're listening to. And if you've got any questions or thoughts, hit me up on Twitter at WeHaveMiko or on email anthony at mainenginecutoff.com. And until next time, I'll talk to you soon. Thank you.